Tech is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersections of technology and ministry. It is part of the podcast network sponsored by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Our show today is hosted by Martin Spriggs and Sally Draper. Tech, everybody. This is episode 687. We're recording on Thursday, August 11th, 2022. My name is Martin Spriggs, and this is a show about technology and ministry and where those two intersect. Joining me as usual from Mankato, Minnesota, Sally Draper. Hey, Sally, how are you today? I'm good. I'm right here at the intersection of technology and ministry. Been here for a few years talking yes. about such topics. Quite so. a few years, yes. But I've done it from a lot of different places, and actually, this may be the last time ever from Mankato, Minnesota. Yeah, you're in an uh, intersection of homes there, aren't you? We are. As of tomorrow, we're going to be officially homeowners again, and that home is in North Mankato, Minnesota. So mm-hmm. really super excited. Uh, we attend church in North Mankato at St. Paul's there, and we'll only be about two or three blocks from our church, which is like huge oh, fringe, man. fringe I didn't benefit. Oh, know that. Okay. Very excited for that. So. No excuses for not walking. That's right. That's Except right. Northern, Northern Mankato is a little colder probably than Mankato. Yeah, it's really more like Western Mankato instead of North That's Mankato. Right. It's it is a little odd. weird over there. Yeah. Yeah. So notice that as I drive through. Looking so. forward to being a resident. Awesome. That's great. So mm-hmm. blessings on that move and all the things that go along with getting a new house. Thank you. It's an older home, I understand. Well, a little bit older, 130 <laughs> years old to be yes, exact, right. <laughs> built in 1892. It has a lot of interesting history in the North Mankato area. Um, it's uh, It was the home of a brick mason and his um, brick yard was a large area of land just north of the house. And it's actually named for him, Wheeler Park. So we're moving in the Wheeler house and should be a lot of fun. Uh, yes. So to have a little uh, historical landmark plaque on the front uh, front door. It does have a plaque up front, actually. Surprise, surprise. It's not like a National Historic Site or anything. It's just that North Mankato chose to recognize different um, special okay. places around the city. And this has a big part of the history of the sure. city. So, yeah. You don't like actually, have a, there's no brown sign with an arrow to your house out on the No, on the not yet. So, but okay. we're working on that. No. <laughs> That's all. fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll look forward to reports of how it all went and some of the some of the cool things you find in an old house like that. Yeah. You never it'll, know. it'll be interesting. It's um yeah, got a lot of history. We're eager to learn all about it. Awesome. All right. Let's uh jump into our topic for the day. And this is actually our theme for the summer as that's coming to a close. We're coming to a close or pretty close to. Uh, our theme, which is enhancing ministry with technology. And uh, it's kind of got its start in a course I'm going to be teaching in the spring uh, for Martin Luther College by the same name. And we've been talking things like personal learning networks and project management and so on and so forth. This week, we're actually returning to a topic that we probably weave into almost every show, and that is mobile. 
Um, so maybe the question is, why should we be dedicating an entire show to mobile, especially as it relates to enhancing ministry with technology? And there's some kind of roll off the tongue kinds of responses. And I think one of those is mobile is probably more ubiquitous than it ever has been. Lifestyles are mobile. Um, from convenience to availability, um, just lots of things that we can see that mobile has kind of taken over. Uh, we see uh, younger and younger kids with mobile technology, so they're getting into it sooner and sooner. And there's more and more things you can do on mobile that you could never do before. Absolutely. And it fits in my purse or my uh, bag mm -hmm. that I'm carrying, which makes it really easy to rely on. Um, I love my big uh, Nikon, you know, DSLR camera, but it sure is a hassle to have to drag it along when I have a great camera on my mobile device, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, the convenience factor, I think, is what's led to adoption, Martin. I was just thinking back. I know it was around... 19 late 1990s when I had a handspring when blackberries were just the rage but the adoption of that kind of small personal device was so low in comparison to how big the world was that is no longer the case so we're talking about ubiquity here in the US but but worldwide really mobile yep. devices are are everywhere and so yeah. um we just really depend on it and you know I think when I look at my phone, there are things that it's not great at, you know, things I'd rather have my, my laptop with a large screen mm -hmm. to work in an Excel spreadsheet or whatever, but I can do it on my phone if I have to, and that's good enough. So, yep. uh, you know, maybe it doesn't do everything. Maybe it doesn't do a lot of things great, but the fact that I can do the main things I need to do, especially if I'm in a pinch makes mobile my number one thing to go to. Yeah. It's an example. I was Debbie and I were out kayaking last night. Uh, there oh, was a, we were getting to know our new Debbie's new faculty members, and uh, the principal happens to live on a lake, so they invited uh, faculty and spouses over, and they had a meeting. And then at the toward the end of the meeting, everybody got in kayaks and went out on the lake for sunset view. Wow! And I was not going to take. I would not take my fancy camera out there uh, for mm -hmm. fear that, you know, bad things would happen. But I did take my iPhone and I got some beautiful sunset pictures and then uh, they're good enough. They capture the moment and are actually very nice. Um, so it is a companion device. It is something that is a part of your life for sometimes worse, but many times better. Yep. And uh, as you think about a smart device or a mobile device, and we could be talking about uh, tablets as well, uh, and we will, um, the lines really have blurred from your mobile experience to your full-on, you know, PC desktop experience, you know, with the with the monitor and the mouse and the keyboard and the attached storage and all that uh, and all that stuff. In fact, uh, some apps are much better on mobile, and even some are only available on mobile. Um, so I think of things like Instagram, for instance, which is still second-class citizen on any other device other than you know a small mobile screen. 
And mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think if there is a task that I can kind of do on the couch with my phone rather than walk into my office and grab my laptop, I'm going to do that, whether that's going on Amazon or typing out a, a quick communication to somebody, that kind of stuff uh, just makes makes a lot of difference. And another thing we talked about last week, I think, or a couple of weeks ago, you know, your capture device, it, it really is a device that you can use to record stuff, track stuff, take pictures of stuff, scan stuff, uh, good way to get stuff into your, into your system. Right. Which definitely ties to our last discussion about personal productivity. So mm-hmm. I'd say if I had to list anything, probably my phone is my number one personal mm-hmm. productivity tool in my tool belt, you know, yep. all the things I can do with it. I actually already ordered supper for tonight. We're in the middle of a million boxes and, and we're eating out tonight and I've already placed my order and it will be ready at five 30 when I drive through. So it, it does it all for me. Okay. Well, we'll try not to go over time. No, <laughs> can't interfere with pot belly. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, so I guess the next question is, yeah, mobile is is here to stay at least for the foreseeable future it brings a lot of benefits to our lives but how about ministry you know we throw in the you know we're 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 trying to figure out where ministry and technology meet and you know where does mobile ministry fit in and um, we did a whole series on that way back in the 400s of (laughs) of wells tech we don't know what date those were 2016 i want to say somewhere in there, a uh, whole series. And I looked through those and actually there's a lot of relevant material yet. Uh, the, the things that we talked about are still pretty relevant. So we'll put a link to that in this in the show notes. One thing I will say before we jump into some of the real ministry focused things when we're talking about mobile is you really have to know, in my opinion, what mobile devices are good for and not good for. So one example that often comes to mind is, yeah, you could do your entire email process on a mobile device. You could read, you could kind of sort, you could compose, but it's not the most productive use. Uh, It's not the most productive tool for serious communications, I would say, for for one-offs or just kind of staying up to date. Yeah. Uh, but don't try to force everything into you know that companion. There are other tools that you might have that would be better and be more productive, and you're not making some some sacrifices. So as we go through the list, just kind of keep that in mind. And the list that we put together here is, you know, we really tried to focus on a couple of different categories. One would be um, personal kind of devotional or you know things that you would use um, by yourself, things that you do to manage your own system or to grow spiritually, those kinds of things. And then there's some tools that are more um, outreach focused, things that you could use to extend your ministry to others. So we'll we'll kind of make note of those as we go through. Sally, where should we start here? Well, for me, I think the best place to start is just with the good old Bible app. And there are many out there, mm-hmm. Martin, but I'm really a heavy user of the one that's done by the version people. It's called the Bible app. Mm-hmm. And uh, it 
allows you obviously to read the Bible. It has a bajillion different um, versions of the Bible that you can read from. You can actually download for offline access as well. Um, one thing I really like about it is the extensions it has around things you can do with God's word. So you can have friends um, through the app and uh, be encouraged by things that they're doing in the Bible app. If they're making certain notes or um, highlighting passages or whatever it may be, you can see some of that kind of thing with your friends. Um, you can easily create verse images from selected verses. Yeah, cool. um, yeah highlight, make your own notes. Um, just really powerful. I, I actually use it on a daily basis and it's kind of cool because when you open it, it'll show you your streak of using mm -hmm. the Bible app and everything. But I love to go in and highlight the sections of scripture that'll be part of the upcoming Sunday's readings as I um, prepare my heart for, for church on Sunday. And, and it's just really fun now, as I've done this actually for several years, to kind of see some of that highlighting that I've done in the past and see um, that I've that I've meditated on those scripture passages in the past and stuff. So um, just a really good central place. It's it's a great app. It's a very easy interface on both um, um, a phone and a tablet, but also the same thing carries over to your desktop, desktop laptop yep. experience. And mm -hmm. so that's really nice that it's all cloud-based and you can get to it from anywhere. Yep couple other features of that app and they've this thing has grown up you know big time over the last five years is um, narration uh, of many of the translations and also they have and I think I've mentioned this on the show before they have a prayer module which I find useful sometimes you just just need a little bit not motivation but some direction and it makes suggested to topics and it's again like that uh you know, that streak thing, it'll tell you how many times uh, you, you've been in it and used it. You can make prayer lists in it. Um, it gives you some guided, quote unquote, meditation time, you know, what to think about, what to pray about. Um, I find it more oftentimes than not very helpful. So if you're interested in something like that, take a look at that. The Bible app is obviously not the only one out there. Bible Gateway uh, is mobile friendly, and they may even have an app. I think they do. Um, Logos, of course, a lot of our uh, call workers would be familiar with Logos as that is the Bible um, tool of choice for many pastors made by Faith Life. So that has a Bible app that you can actually get as well. Uh, and it and, has and different complementary com commentaries and such. Yeah. Right. You get access to your full library, whatever you have you in do. Logos. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Uh, another app that we would not uh, want to skip is the Wells app, and that includes devotional content, Bible readings, uh, family devotions, teen devotions, uh, as well as Wells news and call us and all that other good stuff. So that is uh, is out there. Um, maybe another category, well, we should talk about something that we've referenced on the show a number of times is uh, the catechism. So uh, a good reference. So you have a, a mobile version of Luther's small catechism. And then finally, another category that I enjoy is journaling apps. Uh, and they, they don't not necessarily have to be specific to journaling, but I think journaling is a good practice, uh, something that I enjoy in practice. And um Day one is the one that, that I use, which allows you to capture, you know, your thoughts, not only just on, you know, your Bible reading for the day or Bible memorization or whatever, but other things that happen during the day. And it's you know, very 
Um, there are other apps like it out there for Android as well, but then you can use tools like Notability or GoodNotes or some things mm -hmm. that we've talked about in the past for, for journaling. So lots of different things related to Bible apps. Yeah. And those journaling apps, like I use GoodNotes, if you're doing it on a tablet, especially that, mm -hmm. that mobile experience, you can actually write, you know, handwrite in yep. your notes. It's not always typing on the tiny keyboard or yep. anything like that. You can use maybe the Apple pencil and handwrite in uh, different notes. Yep. For me, journaling maybe looks a little different than you and maybe just worth going down that path a little bit. Uh, my journaling is actually copying down the passages. I don't um, do particular written reflection on the passages. Uh -huh. I just write them in my journal and having that daily time in God's word, you know, leads me to meditative thoughts and prayers and things, but it's not something that I physically write down. Whereas you, I think Martin are more reflective in what you uh -huh. journal. Yep. Yep. So lots and of I don't write, do I don't write large sections. I will write a verse or the verse of the day and then some reflection or prayer. Mm -hmm. based on that too. That's helpful. So mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, one, one other use case for me with my tablet is um, I haven't done it this summer, but I plan to get back to that. Once we get back into a full blown Bible class is take it into Bible class. And obviously you've got the Bible there and you can take notes there, but I will actually take a picture of the Bible class material because normally that's a paper piece of paper. Um, so I'll take a picture of that and then annotate that. And then I actually have something that I can refer to or search later versus nice. this piece of paper that I'm going to write with a pen or pencil on that I'll never, I'll never see or use again. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's helpful to kind of have that all in one place. And I use notability for that. So, yeah, I wonder what people do with those papers that I've spent my life bringing them home and feeling guilty, throwing them away right? after you've you know, right. enjoyed a great Bible class and taken great notes. I, at one point I tried filing them by the books of the Bible and all kinds of fancy stuff. And it's just really hard to keep up with paper, especially. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I really like that, um, digital aspect and that it's in the cloud and everything. Yep. All right. Um, just a quick reference to um, what a, a category I'm calling curriculum-related resources, so we don't forget our teachers in the in the listening audience. What does mobile ministry look like for a teacher? And I ran across actually a very good article from Educause um, entitled "Leveraging Mobile Technology to Achieve Teaching Goals." And this article, I'll admit, is aimed at higher ed you know, probably college, but probably down to high school. And it does a nice job based on some empirical research and some surveying and some uh, lots of conversations and lots of ancillary research material that, you know, there are ways to enhance the teaching experience, experience by incorporating mobile technologies into, into that, that learning experience, whether that is out of class use of mobile technology to social, to um, additional exercises where it's you know something that is based on an app or use of an app in a, in a learning experience. But they they claim, at least in this article and others I've read, student engagement goes way up, and that is that should not be a surprise because our students live again in this mobile world. And to try and uh, incorporate that into um, 
what you do as a teacher makes a lot of sense. Now, I don't know how that translates into, uh, let's say, elementary school, but uh, there is probably potential there, certainly in the middle school area, or or even just use of tablets and those kinds of things to or count as well. So, and there's all kinds of there's a ton of curriculum related resources out there, of course, that are you know on the mobile side. But just wanted to make sure this we threw that in there. Yeah, that's great, Martin. I'm smiling because you said it shouldn't be a surprise that student engagement goes way up. No, it shouldn't because my engagement goes way up when, right. there's, <laughs> when there's something shiny in front of me. So, I right. mean, yeah, we, yeah. we react in similar ways. And if you've got a mobile device, again, uh, it brings some inherent advantages to the whole computing experience. First of all, it's wherever you are. It has a camera. It has uh, a way to play music or video or all the other things. Um, and it, and the convenience factor, of course. So yep. oh, then Speaking you throw in AR and uh, you know, all that oh all my the goodness. Other cool stuff. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cameras and being with you wherever, you could have documented for your church and school that the faculty was having uh, that great get together and planning last night and mm -hmm. your camera would have been right there with you to, to do that kind of thing. So having it just to take event photos or classroom photos or whatever it may be um, can be a real positive and a real blessing to ministry efforts. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, well, breeze over this category real quickly because we've already talked about this, but obviously one of the ways to enhance ministry through technology is the productivity aspect of a mobile device. Talking about data capture, notes management, task management, project and calendar management, all of those become a little richer, a little bit more complete, a little more useful when you throw in a mobile device rather than being tethered to a, a laptop where all that has to, you got to go to a place even if it's a laptop, it's a little bit different. It's a, it's not something you quickly pull out of your pocket and you're, you're ready to go. There's, there's a, there's some ceremony involved with opening mm -hmm. up a laptop, logging in, getting to the right app, et cetera, that isn't necessarily there in a, in a mobile experience. So, and to me, I don't know how you feel, Sally, but when I'm in a mobile device, whether this is a phone or a tablet, there is something about kind of the single focus app approach versus the 10,000 windows or tabs that you might have open on a desktop um, where you're just focused on one task, one thing that that app does versus, you know, the 10 things that you could be working on at the same time, technically uh, on a, on a desktop device or with a big screen or two screens or three screens or, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, maybe I haven't specifically thought of it that way, Martin, but I can tell you that my iPhone and iPad both allow for split screen and occasionally I accidentally do whatever yeah. motion it takes <laughs> to do that. And I very quickly remove that view because I don't want to split screen on those devices. Right. I want to be focused. So I guess I'm proof positive of what you mm -hmm. just said. Okay. Let's move on to a rather hardy category, I'd call it, that mm -hmm. is uh, something that, that we care a lot about, and that is podcasts. Uh, now, you can listen to podcasts on, on desktop devices or other things, even your Alexa, for instance. Um, but I would say primarily the way I listen to podcasts is on my phone. Um, so there are apps obviously out there. Um, the one I use is called Pocket Casts. 
and I've been using that for years. That is uh, was a, a Australian developer, as I recall, and then he sold it to NPR, um, National Public Radio, and I think they develop it now. But uh, it allows for you know the, the playing at you know 1.5 speed, and you know remove the silence, and you know, kind of gets you through you know, some of the things a little bit faster so you can consume a little bit more content. It's got some of those features and download ahead of time. So you can have them offline, those kinds of things. Uh, Overcast is another one like that. That's that's the Apple only app. Pocket Cast, I think, is both. Uh, but then you've got Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. There's other podcasting players. But uh, if you are a podcast listener, I'd suggest exploring going beyond just kind of the basics because you can get some of those features that are productivity enhancers. Yep. And I'm definitely a podcast listener, although um, as far as what I listen to on this, the ministry side, um, it probably is pretty limited to Wells podcast, which are awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get daily Bible readings to go through your Bible in three years. You can get devotions. As you mentioned earlier, there's a variety of different devotion types. There's teen devotions and early childhood devotions, as well as just general devotions. So lots of great content um, coming mm -hmm. out of Wells and podcast format. Of course, there's a little Wells Tech podcast that is out there too. Right. Um, we'll put links to all that stuff, but there are other um, spiritual growth type podcasts, of course. I would call Wells Tech not necessarily spiritual growth, <laughs> but professional growth. Sure. Um, that would be in that PLN, personal learning network kind of category. And there's a ton of other things like that out there as well for, for podcasting. But spiritual growth podcasts, obviously the Wells podcast, as you mentioned, but Time of Grace has a whole series of podcasts that are awesome. Um, for different topics. And then uh, we talked to um, the folks over at Gird Up Podcast would be another mm -hmm. one. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's a couple that I'm probably forgetting, and maybe we can research those and get those in the show notes too. But uh, there are a number of, in fact, there was a whole FIC series or at least one article on uh, Wells Podcasts. So maybe we can dig that up as well. So yeah. Good thoughts. Um, and I was also thinking of it from the teaching ministry perspective. Um, and I just was reminded that for our Sunday school music program, we use a lot of YouTube videos and sing alongs with YouTube. And I would assume there's also podcast of Christian music. Um, mm -hmm. It was neat to see the Sunday school kids react to some of the music that was included and really know it well because they play it in their classroom, you know, during work time or whatever. Yeah. They have certain um, maybe um, Spotify playlist or whatever it is that um, allows you to have music. So that's another way that you can bring in some ministry into your mm -hmm. using your mobile device. Yep. I'm going to jump down to the bottom of our list and come back because the, the two topics that are next are really more outreach focused, you know, messaging and those kinds of things. But uh, security would be another reason, uh, another way to, I don't know if that would be a, a ministry enhancement, but on the productivity side and the, the ability to kind of keep things safe. Um, very often now you're going to use services that require multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication. And so those apps are uh, also, rather than just getting a text message, um, a lot of them now are requiring or 
or offer the ability to have a tool like Google Authenticator or Authy, which is what I use. So where you scan a barcode and then, you know, you go to the site and it says, you know, go to your authenticator and give me the six digit number that it's, that it's showing right now. So I would encourage you to take advantage of that, where that's offered. That just kind of keeps things a lot safer so that uh, somebody would not only have to have your password, but they'd also have to have your phone and then access to the authenticator app on that phone to get into your stuff. So I know Facebook offers that, Twitter, you know, all of them do that. So interject a word of warning that if you're changing your phone number, be very aware of where you've set up multi-factor authentication using your phone phone number. Yeah. Yeah. Usually good to turn that off um, before you switch phone numbers for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So the last two categories, and we'll spend a little time on one and a little bit more time in the other one is social media. Obviously social media is mobile friendly. Uh, A lot of the things that you are, maybe sharing uh, or how you're using tools like Facebook and Twitter is probably on a mobile device, right? Um, So that is, we've talked many, many times about the use of social media in ministry and how it can be a very valuable tool and almost an essential tool uh, in in some respects, depending on your audience. Uh, But the other one is kind of what I would call communications. How do you communicate with uh, primarily members or maybe parents, um, are there tools out there or maybe even team members, if you're working on a project or you're on a committee, how do you communicate? How do you use technology to, uh, uh, to make sure that everybody's on the same page? And Sally, you put the first one in here, Slack. Um, how does that work in, uh, this context for you? Well, Slack is, for those that aren't familiar, is somewhat like a Facebook stream, a conversation with a group of people. Um, You'll see people's posts. You can share different types of media and things like that. And I've used it primarily in small group settings, like Mm -hmm. um, where we have a need to have communication going on, perhaps with people managing your VBS event, you know, an easy way to get messages to the teachers and the craft leaders and the snack people maybe is that you all tune into the same Slack channel and, um, you know, get notifications if something needs to be communicated rather than running room to room or trying to track people down or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. We used it most recently for the education conference. So the planning committee all had communication kind of back channel through uh, Slack app. So I could see that being a benefit, maybe even with a school faculty to have some kind Mm -hmm. of private conversation stream that you can tap into. And Slack is an easy way to do that. And it's free um, for yep. those kind of purposes. So yep. um, I've had good success with that. That's a, yeah, that's a good thought. And I am kind of surprised that Google has not come up with a Slack type product. I'm thinking of all the tools they have. I mean, they have chat um, and messaging and that kind of stuff, but they don't really have something that I would call Slack or like a Microsoft Teams, you know, tool. Right. Maybe Google Plus was quasi that and they killed that. Maybe so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They're still trying to figure that out. And the next one on the list you have something to say about as well. And that's (laughs) the Glide app. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I do. Um, So Glide allows you to create your own 
mobile app, basically. And what's super cool about it is it's it's using technology that might be categorized as low code, no code. So you don't mm-hmm. have to be a programmer to develop your own mobile app. What's behind the curtain with Glide is actually a Google spreadsheet of all things. The tabs on your app are different uh, sheets in your Google spreadsheet. And the content on your app is driven by the content of the Google spreadsheet. So if you want an image to show up, you put a link to that image in the Google spreadsheet and it magically appears in the Glide app. And again, you can have free versions of the Glide app. We've done this for some different conferences and things, and it's been very well received. You can easily update the Google spreadsheet, even on your mobile device. And I'll just tell you a little secret. I had to miss the last day of the education conference. I was actually on the road, driving down the road, controlling the education conference mobile app. (laughs) (laughs) from the highway and everybody that was using it was seeing all the updates I was doing in real time. And it's just that easy. So um, maybe you want a a parent app and I'm reminded, Martin, we did do an interview once on Wells tech. I'll look up the link to that as well with uh, John Witte and Carl Hochmuth, both of whom are using glide apps um, at both Luther High School and Luther Prep School um, to control different things, communicate in different ways. So Mm -hmm. um, definitely has ministry potential um, with your own mobile app and the content that you want to share there. Yep. Um, Next category, and we're almost to the end here, (laughs) and that is texting systems. And I I don't see this a lot in Wells churches, but I know it is popular in churches. And I've been trying to to find a good use case within Wells churches that use texting systems and tools like text magic or text in church is one that I came across. The ability to communicate or stay connected with your members or smaller groups within your congregation via text. Again, drive up that um that experience or the interest in what you have to say by leveraging something that's in somebody's pocket. Um, So these texting systems allow you to text multiple people at the same time or receive texts back from them. You can automate texts. Um, Those kinds of things are all within the realm of of these systems. Some of them are very pricey. Some of them are more pay as you go, which is more reasonable if you are a medium to small size church. These are within reach even. Um, so something to consider. Lots of use cases for this from reminders to little snippets of, of devotional content to whatever, um, as well as emergency messages, etc. So uh, a cousin to texting systems is calling systems. And I was reminded of this as I was thinking about these automated systems. And uh, our good friends at Concordia Technology have a tool called member caller which allows you to send automated uh, voicemails or uh, auto messages Uh, and obviously you need to be careful about that not everybody you know enjoys that kind of thing but it would be maybe a subscription thing where they want to be informed about different things and this uh, has the ability to do that whether that's a prayer prayer chain or you know whatever the the use case might be so take a look at that yeah and i think um, kind of living through a need for that kind of communication would make it more prevalent uh, or more adopted or, you know, members would understand why. Like so, we just did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. 
having communication is, is very important. All right. So I would, any of the topics, categories, or things that we didn't think of, I would enjoy hearing from our listeners on, on things that they think play, uh, you know, that, that the mobile device is kind of tailor made for, or, you know, that they can't live without. We, we would definitely enjoy hearing that. Um, so go to our uh, show notes page and, and uh, communicate with us via any of the links there or email us wellstech at wells.net, show notes page, wellstech.wells.net. By the way, all the links that uh, we've talked about, all the, the, the tools that we talked about, I put in a good old wakelet. Um, still a big fan. Um, we'll put that link in the show notes as well. Wakelet is just a, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's a, a linking link capturing tool that uh, actually offers a lot more than that. So kind of a richer experience where we can share stuff and that's what we're doing. So we'll put our wakelet link there. Sally, you know what time it is. It's that time again. It's time for picks of picks the week of the week. Yeah. Ladies first, serve it up. All right. Um, I would if my screen would scroll. Apparently, I need to be on a mobile device for this to work well for me. All right. Um, my pick of the week. Mobile, real mobile friendly <laughs> on the creation side yet. So <laughs> we're still on the desktop. That's right. Um, my pick of the week actually ties into our conversation. I was excited when I found an article from Make Use Of. And full disclosure, I love Make Use Of. They have some really great articles and tips and things, but they have a lot of advertising. So please be patient if I uh, share my screen or if you navigate to this article, you'll see a lot of advertising. Uh, the article is titled 10 Hidden iPhone Features That Will Make You More Productive. And I was surprised to find some things on this list, Martin, that I wasn't familiar with that I do think um, could be really beneficial. Um, most of it goes around setting up a focus mode and a do not disturb. And so um, those kind of things allow you to not receive notifications or to limit your notifications or your interaction with your phone at certain times. And uh, that can be super valuable. Obviously, you don't want to be distracted by your phone um, during work hours or whatever it may be, depending on your settings. Um, and so using the downtime feature or the focus mode allows you to take really granular control of that and set up limits and app time limits. And that's what the article really gets into. It starts with downtime, but then it gets into time limits on your most um, used apps. So maybe if you find yourself really enjoying Facebook a little too much during your day, you can say only allow me to enjoy it for one hour a day or whatever limit you want to set five minutes a day, whatever you want to set. Um, if you um, want to not be distracted by things like text messages or other communication. You can set up parameters around that. And you can even identify specific people that kind of get through those, those limitations. So I don't want communication from anyone except my husband or my kids or whatever it may be, parents at my school. I don't know. You can group people together and set up communication limits. And then disabling notifications, as I mentioned, kind of goes along with that. So um, one thing about disabling notifications, so it's not constantly popping up and telling you something new to look at, is the fact that you can create a notification summary, which I wasn't real familiar with this, but you can actually set up certain times of the day where it'll give 
you all your notifications that have happened since the last time it notified you. So instead of getting them in real time, you get them three times a day or whatever um, parameters you want to set up. So those are just a few of the things covered in the in the article that's highly laced with <laughs> advertisement, <laughs> um, but is a really it does really have some really great tips for you to set up these different. Um, kind of parameters around how you use your iPhone. Um, I did not search Martin for something similar for Android, but I'm guessing um, if iPhone's doing it, Android has similar kinds of mm -hmm. ways to, to quell the notifications, keep things quiet on your phone so you can be more focused. Yep. More productive. Good, mm -hmm. good stuff. Yeah. I did not know about that summary notification. Yeah. Feature. Um, that's actually, I think something I'm going to look at. So mm -hmm. How about that? I found something you'll look at. Go, go That's sad. not unusual. <laughs> All right. Uh, my pick of the week um, is a Anchor product, A-N-K-E-R. It is a power strip, so to speak. It's actually more of a power cube. It's maybe a one and a half inch by one and a half inch by one and a half inch cube. It comes in black and white. Uh, I stumbled across this by visiting my son out in Denver and in their guest room on either nightstand, they had one of these on the, on the stand, like you would get in a, in a hotel, mm -hmm. but on it, it has the, the one that I purchased is a little bit different than the one he had. It has three regular AC outlets and it has two USB A and one USB C charging port, uh, which is super cool. Uh, because and I thought that was such a great idea because you're often, if you're visiting somebody, um, you're often searching for the, the nearest outlet and maybe it's across the room or it's behind the bed or under, you know, someplace not super convenient. This puts it right out there onto the, uh, onto the, the nightstand there. And I thought that was, uh, very hospitable. So I bought a couple of these. Um, we bought white ones because that goes more with our, our white trim, et cetera. But uh, 19 bucks, uh, at least it was when I last looked, maybe it's, yeah, it looks like it's 23 bucks now. So um, so it's not a super expensive thing, but, but super convenient. And again, if you wanted to go with a black one, you can do that. And uh, just kind of a, a nice convenient thing that, uh, uh, I thought might come in super handy. I've even got one now on my desk uh, because uh, I don't have to reach back behind the desk to, to plug something in for, for charging. So that's an anchor 20 watt USB-C power strip. So it's actually very nice. Way to go, Aaron Spriggs. Yeah. Uh, he, he one upped me because I thought I was doing good just having a power strip available in my guest oh, room. Oh, no, 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 no. This up is, the ante you know, this here. Is hotel quality. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Uh, it comes with a little sticky pad. I didn't use that on my nightstand. I do have it stuck to my monitor stand here. So it stays in place because it can nice. move around. But uh, mm -hmm. nice product, H high quality as far as I can tell. So. All right. Community news and feedback, Sally. Well, I have to take my hat off to my friend, Michael Vlieger, who just is on he's, the lookout for good things is, to share with Wells Techers. He is bucking for uh, a Wells Tech star of the year 
that kind of that could be in his yeah. future. Who knows? All right. So Michael is a teacher at Risen Savior in Mankato, Minnesota, and he came across a link to a, a Google spreadsheet um, that has all kinds of tutorials on Google products. And uh, at the top, it even shares one for parents as well. So um, somebody put a lot of time into organizing um, this. What oddly they organized in a Google Sheet, and it works so very well. So very strange, they have it. Yes. <laughs> they have it set up with the different things you might want to learn about uh, different things in the Google ecosystem, um, drive, slides, sheets, docs, drawings, whatever it may be. And this is very teacher uh, centric. There are tutorials for teachers. So it has things um, that are kind of high level or that you specifically might use in your classroom. Um, you know, how to build bookmarks, how to log into Google Drive, closed captioning on uh, slides, uh, freezing rows and columns in a Google Sheet, just lots of cool things that teachers might make use of. And Michael's right, it goes through all kinds of things in Google, uh, classroom, calendar, Jamboard, Meet. I didn't even know about some of these. Um, and then it ends on this tab with digital literacy. But uh, what he didn't mention was there's another tab to this sheet, and it has a whole bunch of other um, teacher centric type websites that you might want to learn about and tutorials to things um, to learn about things like Schoology and Book Creator and Notability and uh, again, things I didn't even know existed, like Edpuzzle and Flocabulary. Um, there's all kinds of tutorials, so you may just adopt something brand new um, just by exploring this um, from the teacher perspective. Um, also, in the heading of it, there's a link to a parent and student version. So something you might want to share in a school newsletter um, with your parents or students is allowing them to get access um, to all kinds of tutorials about Google, same kind of list of things that they can learn about. Um, and again, that magic second tab there has links to other apps that you might be using in your classroom and things that students and parents can learn about those. You know, as a parent, they might just enjoy having access to this to kind of keep up with what their students are learning in the classroom and how they're making use of all these different digital tools. Um, but you could certainly cherry pick from this and just share particular links. Um, you know, you keep the full spreadsheet and share with them things that you'd want them to have access to so they don't get overwhelmed by the big complement of things available to them. Um, but definitely, if you're planning professional development for your faculty or looking to share more with students and um, parents, this would be a great starting point. After Michael sent it to us, which it's been a week or so since he sent it to us, Martin, I saw this pop up all over the place. So the whole um, <laughs> professional learning networks, they were just personal learning networks. They were just sharing this right and left so that and everybody was just giving it rave reviews. So I think it's been very well received and people are finding lots of uses for the things that are included here. Um, it's it's long list of tutorials that are that are listed in the spreadsheet. So something for everyone, I'm sure, if you're looking for some help. So check it I out. I have a sneaking suspicion this spreadsheet might make an appearance in our show next time because <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Google ecosystem. 
Imagine search, that. storage, docs, presentations, calendaring, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I didn't see Google Calendar on there. Maybe that they don't consider oh. that. Or maybe it was. I didn't see it. But. I don't know. There it is. Oh, there it's it is. There. It's, toward, it's right next to classroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a that's a cool resource. And the Google ecosystem is so large. Uh, and many of our teachers live in it. So I think uh, those of you doing that may find next show's topic um, very useful. So that is going to do it this week, Sally. Thanks so much for your time and energy. Best of luck and blessings, certainly, on your move. Um, Thank don't you, Don't sprain anything. You know, let, uh, <laughs> let the guys do all the work. Um, the professionals for that. Just tell them, yeah. tell them where to go. <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> Got all your boxes color coded, I'm sure, and they'll they'll get to the right spot. So I sure hope so. All right. Very good. Thanks everybody for joining us. We will talk to you next time. Blessings. Bye-bye.